0: stealing company louisville kentucky
1: my parents came out as hard anti-journaling as a practice this weekend which really? i thought was very funny what do you mean anti-journaling but they were like what you when you're sad you write it down and later you look at it again oh my god <laughs> they were like who gains from that you're sad twice about the same thing and i was like what a parent how to do they say. feel about
2: therapy uh
1: pff, not, not anti but not for them yeah they're okay. not going. <laughs>
0: We're back. I'm here with Brian, Kendra, Sarah, and Hallie. Hi. Hi. 20, 2024, everybody. Woo! <laughs> just before we started, um, Bri- Bri- Brian caught me. I guess what would you psyching myself up for? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like a really like self-contained way, like lest you implode. <laughs> oh, Brian. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Brian's crying a little bit. Yes, yeah,
1: it's just, it <laughs> I just already. Started, like, like, channel all his energy into like a single point in his body <laughs> and
0: then like <laughs> I'm a pro. Yep, I'm a pro. Let's get into it. What a weekday. In his first campaign speech of the year, President Biden used the anniversary of January 6th to lay out the stakes in 2024 and the ongoing threat Trump and his dumb movement poses to democracy. Laying out the stakes is actually how Trump used to describe making the girls line up from his universe. Yeah. Let's let's hear from uh let's hear from this old guy.
3: Today, we're here to answer the most important of questions. Is democracy still America's sacred cause? I mean it. This is not rhetorical, academic, or hypothetical. Whether democracy is still America's sacred cause is the most urgent question of our time. and That's what the 2024 election is all about.
0: Well, it's one of the most urgent questions. Why are all the airplane doors falling off? Is also up there. Actually, the airplane door thing is more urgent, but less important. You know, when you think about it. I also have a question about why they picked Joe Coy to host the Globes. But that's neither <laughs> urgent nor important. Biden once again ran through the details of Trump's efforts to overturn the election and the cynical embrace of Trump by Republicans who know
3: better. And now these MAGA voices who know the truth about Trump on January 6th have abandoned the truth and abandoned the democracy. They made their choice. Now the rest of us, Democrats, independents, mainstream Republicans, we have to make our choice.
0: So will anyone help me try to hold this wriggling bag of crabs (laughs) closed for four more years, please? Because if not, Jill tells me Danny Kaye and the Andrews sisters are doing a review at the (laughs) Grand Opera.
2: That if only. I love Danny Kaye. Me too.
0: The Andrew Sisters. We're young. What good yep. is
2: a gal without a guy?
0: There's a um I
4: object to
2: this. I object to the premise of that song.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't think we need you to You going to
2: reminisce? Gonna go I just love
0: that ring. old, like those those old songs with like kind of He just loves those old songs. <laughs> you know? There's um there's one that's um there's a song called um Civilization that that I believe was used in the Fallout games.
4: Uh, <laughs> i say like, not the audience for it here, but we believe you. I think yeah. so. It's... so. You know I talking a video game. <laughs> Biden
0: says dying. this of his presumptive
3: rival. Donald Trump's campaign is about him, not America, not you. Donald Trump's campaign is obsessed with the past, not the future. He's willing to sacrifice our democracy, put himself in power. Then a crooked smile spread across Biden's lips as he stared
0: directly into the camera and added, that's why we're going to call him Donald Duck. <laughs> Biden delivered his speech near Valley Forge in Pennsylvania, where George Washington and his troops spent the winter of 1777 during the Revolutionary War. Mm, yes, a poignant choice, said an undecided voter watching Netflix and YouTube at the same time. <laughs> Biden explained the significance of the historical setting, as that was where Baron von Steuben once tried to fuck him. Ooh.
2: Do you like a Baron von Steuben reference? Yeah, I do.
4: Is he from Fallout?
2: <laughs> <laughs> is he the imagined uh, enemy and
5: that Snoopy thinks about when he's flying oh, a yeah. that the That's Kaiser Baron? The Red the Baron. Red the, Baron. Red Baron. Baron. Oh, the Red yeah. Baron. So close. Yeah. Yeah. The Red Baron. The Red Baron.
4: Crowd. Yeah.
0: The Red Baron. Snoopy is from a time when dogs slept outside.
4: Yeah. 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 And weren't our children? Yeah. <laughs> now, I feel like there are sons and daughters. But... They ate anything.
1: Um, yeah. I saw a movie last night and there was a the family dog was named Snoop.
4: Oh, I'm gonna name a dog Snoop. What film?
1: Anatomy of a Fall. Oh, oh I want to oh, watch yeah. Anatomy it's of really a Fall. It's really dark. Something bad happens to Snoop and I won't say anymore. Oh. But I will, I, I will be Well, like, you
0: said too much. But how? Here's my question for you
1: What percentage of it is in English? More than I anticipated. I didn't fall asleep and I watched it after 9 p.m.
0: 30%, so.
1: 50%, 70%? I, I would say 70% is in English. Oh, really?
0: Yeah. Wow, they got to put that on the poster. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, the Biden speech was great. I especially love the last line. In conclusion, abortion, abortion, abortion. <laughs> God bless America. Huh. Then on Monday, President Biden reiterated his message at Charleston's Mother Emanuel AME Church, saying of Trump, losers are taught to concede when they lose. He's a loser. I don't care what you think of Biden or his presidency. It's cool to call someone a loser in church.
1: Who would you call a loser from the pulpit?
0: So, I mean, where to begin? Wherever you want. <laughs> um, I don't know about Bono. You start with the
2: devil and you work your way. So I, don't about, I don't
0: know about Bono in that sphere.
4: Get okay.
2: him. Get him.
0: Like, I want to cool. like, see the sphere. It's pretty cool. It seems cool, but yeah. I just like, I don't need to hear Bono music in front of it.
4: Yeah, no, that's a problem.
1: In front
2: of it, I think inside of it.
4: (laughs) But
0: you know what I mean. It's like he's (laughs) busking. Hey, (laughs) hey," it's like like, (laughs) (laughs) the (laughs) thing about the sphere. (laughs) The thing about the sphere is, it's like I'm interested in the sphere. I think it's cool. It's sort of a I love I love a big swing.
5: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're an American. I think there's a nature documentary you can go see in there. Yeah, that's what I want to see. Yeah, I want it. You know what it
0: is? It's like hey. A sphere is just two planetariums stuck together.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: I was denied a job at the L.A. planetarium. Really? Yeah. Why? My voice was too high. What? What? Space is a place where low-voiced men tell you what's happening. Well, I went to the
0: planetarium at the Griffith Observatory, and which I believe is the one you're referring to. Mm-hmm. and Pays what, really well. What I loved about it was the person who did the show, it's live every time,
2: mm-hmm.
0: they put they are, that is a performance of a lifetime. Ugh, I like I that that planetarium show is a place where the person doing the, there's Europa, there's uh, whatever you call it, Ganymedes or whatever, is uh, waiting to be discovered. You know, like Chris Pratt at a California pizza kitchen in Hawaii. Yeah, oh, that's well, the
1: Brian, job I, I think wanted. think you would have done great. <laughs> I know, you <laughs> would have been great. I, don't, I think that's wrong. Do I? for what? Yeah, honestly. I
2: mean, he can't hear anything they're lost, in our game.
1: The Milky Way. I think you would have been great at that.
0: Yeah, yeah. there was that the the part of it is um, the woman who did the presentation at at the observer, at the observatory. She you hold a glowing orb,
1: mm-hmm. and what, was that what you That's were gonna hard. do? Yeah, I wanted to. That, it was it was it was the orb, where I was like, I would be, juiced, I would hold that orb so good. You'd have been <laughs> great.
0: Hey, if you work at the Griffith Observatory
1: and <laughs> on January first, twenty twenty five,
2: hey, come get this guy off our hands. <laughs>
1: All right, well, that's thought that turned into a threat
0: at the end there. <laughs> Said Biden of Trump and his supporters who attempted to undermine the 2020 election.
3: Challenge results 60 losses in courts of America. There's one thing they don't have they don't have respect for the 81 million people who voted the other way, voted for my candidacy, and voted to end the presidency. In their world, these Americans, including you, don't count. But that's not the real world. That's not democracy. That's not America. In America, we all count.
0: Continued Biden. In fact, even this world, one we all exist in, even this isn't the real world. This is a simulation, which looks very similar to the real world, except that none of us have free will, Okay, Only the feeling of free will. Some scientists at the Pentagon and the real world put this thing together, except the real world version is called an octagon, they tell me. Now, why is Jill waving her hands like that? (laughs) Oh, yeah. okay. I wasn't supposed to say any of that. Forget I said that. Where was I? The church was the site of a mass shooting in 2015, in which nine parishioners were killed by white supremacists. So it was a little weird when Biden started his speech by insisting that he would have been a better Golden Globes host and then doing a (laughs) bunch of jokes about Saltburn. But you know what? He landed the plane. Meanwhile, Donald Trump marked the anniversary of the insurrection he incited by glorifying the convicted rioters and calling for their release from prison. Oh, so he can remember an anniversary, said all of Trump's wives, including the dead one. <laughs> Trump went on to say this during a campaign stop in Clinton, Iowa.
3: You know what they ought to do? They ought to release the J-6 hostages. They've suffered enough. They ought to release them. I call them hostages. Some people call them prisoners. I call them hostages. Release the j six hostages joe release him joe
0: you can do it real easy joe what was the joe thing it's really menacing and strange
4: he's rocking a wild look right now too he like that tan.
2: he hasn't been this tan in a while looks great oh good but what joe it it, it, it was like he was trying to come up with one of his like patented mm-hmm. nicknames that he knows and it was for there. him but it, yeah. it, it wasn't, wasn't coming there. Sometimes he seems to get stuck on a sound that just like feels good to say and yeah. <laughs> just do it a bunch of times, yeah. so just getting a little groove.
0: House Republican Conference Chair Elise Stefanik on Sunday echoed Trump's creative reframing of January 6th during an appearance on Meet the Press.
4: I have concerns about the treatment of January Six hostages. Uh, I have concerns. We have a role in Congress of oversight over our treatments of prisoners, uh, and I believe that we're seeing the weaponization of the federal government against not just President Trump, but we're seeing it against conservatives. We're seeing it against Catholics.
0: Hi, I'm Elise Stefanik. I'm 5'4". I hate the feeling of leaving a table and being alone in a bathroom with just my thoughts. And today I'm auditioning for the role of vice president. <laughs>
2: She has concerns about prisoners. Like, could we expand that?
0: Oh, I don't think she'd like to.
2: Oh, no, no. <laughs> Speaking as maybe, like, the only person here who has family within the, the jail system. Like, <laughs> that's insane. You, it, There were people... They just found a bunch of graves outside, like a bunch of unmarked graves behind a prison in Jackson, Mississippi, where they have been burying prisoners without telling their family members that they died in prison. And she's concerned about the January 6th people. Well, I think that's, I
4: mean, fundamentally the problem with everything on their side is like they don't actually care about anything so it's like yeah. even this it's all and it's not even convincing like i if you're a trump supporter do you even believe they care about january 6th anymore like there's nothing behind it so you're right it's all so hollow and it applies to
2: nobody else i was it's watching. Awful. i was just one i was watching something the other night where a woman like very clearly explained that if you're pregnant we know the horrors of what happens when you're pregnant within the jail system she explained that if you are pregnant and you give birth in the jail system i did not know this your baby leaves the jail system with a jail inmate number Ugh. oh sorry that just like really actually upset me
0: <laughs> i just it reminds me of um when we had josie reisman on and talking about how wrestling is a metaphor for all this and this is just kayfabe like no she doesn't care about the january 6 prisoners nobody cares about the january sixth prisoners it's a way of signaling your belonging to the group of people who are pretending that there's been some kind of an injustice committed against these people because that's how you show your loyalty to Trump. Like, she's never cared about prison reform and she never will
4: yeah and i think that's sort of like speaks to your point where it's just sort of like we're on the left then put in this position where like we have to have the arguments amongst ourselves about what to do and like how to fix these things whereas like they are this void in this vacuum because they don't care like we can't even begin the conversation with them because it would imply that they care about a, something getting better yeah, yeah they're I, not gonna have the debate with you
2: yeah it, <laughs>
0: but it, it there is like there is we it's a double-edged sword because They care about the noise. They care about the... the kind of theater of politics and the performance of politics. And that does two things. Obviously, that makes politics a misery in ways. Like, it's not like our problems are easy to solve when there isn't a group of people just playing a bugle in our ear all the time. Like, doing hard math problems is hard when without the bugle. But one, it did mean... That when this group of people had power, when Trump won, they couldn't do the things they promised to do, right? like They didn't shrink the government. They didn't uh, repeal Obamacare. They did cut taxes and increase the deficit because cutting taxes is the fun and easy part. But they couldn't actually do the hard part of making policy. Even now, in the interest of theater, they remove a Speaker of the House they don't like, replace Kevin McCarthy with Mike Johnson, and then Mike Johnson just this week, announces a deal with Schumer that's basically identical to the one McCarthy got because reality continues to be reality. And he gives them a sop of saying, I'll go along with impeaching Biden. I'll go along with impeaching the Secretary of Homeland Security, even though that will come to literally nothing because the Senate will never remove him. And then you have these two split-screen images. One is House Republicans threatening to impeach the Secretary of Homeland Security for crimes, TBD. And then on the other side, you have that same... Homeland Security secretary negotiating with Senate Republicans on a deal to actually change border policy. Like they're not their lack of interest in actually doing governing. It sometimes means we can't make America a better place, but it means they're not very good at making it a worse place sometimes, too. You know,
4: right. You can't be effective truly without having a belief in the outcome. And they don't they don't believe in it like they don't believe in anything. So it does. They don't have the ability to, like, drive people towards an end. Fundamentally, they'll just drop it and then pick up something else. You have to go this horrible, endless cycle where it's like whatever seems like something they could use, like they'll just pick that up and then drop that and like move on to the next group.
0: Yeah, it's like it's like, you know, oh, they're going to try to touch a a rider about wokeness in the military. It's like, okay, it's like the adults are trying to figure out how to have a society. Stefanik also refused to commit to certifying the 2024 election, no matter who wins, saying this.
4: We will see if this is a legal and valid election. What we're seeing so far is that Democrats are so desperate, they're trying to remove President Trump from the ballot.
0: Will I promise not to shoot up the bank again? Well, Kristen, we'll have to see if they hand over the big sacks of money first. (laughs) (laughs) They're trying to turn this effort to remove Trump from the ballot in Maine and Colorado into this version of Democrats being against democracy. And, um... Well, I just think that's awful of them to turn our <laughs> t- efforts to remove Trump from the ballot for specious reasons into some sort of attack on democracy. We should remove him from the ballot because we because.
4: Because we play to win.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: because people don't want to win d- anymore. Because he did an insurrection. Because I think he did. We all saw on TV. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's also like she's like the Democrats are playing a win, and I'm like, that's not my experience of being a Democrat. Oh yeah, I was like, <laughs> like oh sweet. like, you, like you what think you, we have a plan? What you th- you think Maine and Colorado were on the horn together? Like yeah, the, way the way Republicans this?
5: talk about Democrats, like, God, that sounds amazing. Yeah. I,
1: mean, yeah, yeah. I wish we were make doing sound that. like M6. <laughs>
0: yeah, they really do make like the like de- you know these it's Democrats the they're bloodthirsty. They 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 half they, of us they, are on the Zoom, have...
1: half of us on the Google Meet. Like, where are
0: you? I hadn't seen. I'd only heard i only read the clips. I hadn't actually seen Ali Stefanik on Meet the Press. And I like the, I like, I, as terms of a look put together for pretty? the purposes. <laughs> she <what>? looks,
4: <laughs> great she looks great because she's going to be the vice president. She's really, she knows quit, what she's doing. But even that look, like it's the pearls, that, look. it's mm-hmm.
0: for, it's for, it feels like it's, you know,
1: it's for an audience of one.
4: Well, He can't be like Jim Jordan, like coming out, like, "Ah!" like, you gotta, like, at least look like a human. Like, when they, well, you're like, I want
1: Natalie Portman to play me in the TV movie, and so I have to look relatively good.
2: Katie Mixon. Natalie Portman, really? Katie Mixon from Eastbound Down. I Mm
1: -hmm. think, I think this is gonna be Natalie Portman's like Julianne Moore as Sarah Palin. Oh, see,
2: I'm seeing like a Cecily Strong.
1: I think in an SNL context. I'm in an HBO context.
2: Okay. I I think she could do both. Okay. She has the range.
1: Okay. I agree.
0: Wow, this is interesting. Who do I who who's right for Elise Stefanik? For HB. Oh, HB.
1: also Mary, 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 Mary Louise Parker. <gasps> yeah, <gasps> that's it. You got it. Oh, God, That'd I be love great. Her. Oh, my That'd God. Be I can see Elise Stefanik just like drinking a nice coffee, biting the straw. <laughs> 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 Sitting on top of Josh's uh, counter in his kitchen. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> that's a good scene. Yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, speaking of
0: places Trump supporters <laughs> smear and shit in Congress, the deadline to pass the 2024 funding bill and avoid a government shutdown is fast approaching, as always. Last year. Mike Johnson managed to get House Republicans to join him in kicking the can down the road. And now we're here at the can again. This fucking can. (laughs) Basically, there are two deadlines, one next week for one chunk of the government, and one in February for the other chunk of the government. It's like the federal government has ADHD and their therapist is teaching them to divide their big tasks into smaller, more manageable tasks. A shutdown seemed imminent. And then on Sunday, Senate Majority Leader and guy whose wife is in a long line for the women's room at a Broadway theater, Chuck Schumer, and House Speaker <laughs> and guy whose wife believes theater is a sin and acting as a form of prostitution, Mike Johnson, announced that they had reached a spending deal. Just a minute.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh, I Ooh, love look at it. that.
0: Look at that. They look good. Yeah. They look good together. Just imagine the state of that room after they hash us out. Payday wrappers everywhere, egg salad, crust, whatever weird underwear Mike Johnson has to wear so the devil doesn't control his balls or something. (laughs) A room where history was made. In an act of camaraderie, Schumer allegedly bought bagels and lox, which Mike Johnson held up with two fingers like Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom.
4: You know? Like, what is this?
0: (laughs) You eat this. Is it rude to... You have to eat it or it's rude. I don't
2: think Mike
4: Johnson worries about that. He definitely has said the words, your people, though. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That Schumer, he's a crafty one, he said to, have, to someone in private. God. Because he's Jewish.
4: Because
0: mm-hmm. Chuck Schumer is Jewish. Jewish. That's, <laughs> I feel like Mike Johnson says it in a way that would make us yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> well, you're, doing the, you're doing Jewish. the Trump. You're doing the Trump draw. Jewish. Out. <laughs> he would say a Jewish. Chuck Schumer is a Jewish. A
0: Jewish.
1: It's better than the... You never like to hear the. The Jews, the blacks, someone's told me I was the first Jewish they ever met. Really? <laughs> yeah, I like that. Hi, Taylor. Well, I'm sorry, you were. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: the deal that Schumer and Johnson announced looks a lot like the deal struck in 2023 between President Biden and former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, which conservatives staunchly opposed at the time. Man, McCarthy must be so mad. Hope he doesn't take it out on the other clowns at Clown College. <laughs> <laughs> Schumer called it a good deal for Democrats in the country, which is why Marjorie Taylor Green exploded through the wall of the Capitol like the Kool-Aid man the second she checked her work email. Meanwhile, in his letter to fellow House Republicans, Johnson pointed out IRS cuts, saying the result is a real savings to American taxpayers, but admitted that these final spending levels will not satisfy everyone. And boy, was he right. While campaigning with Ron DeSantis in Iowa, Congressman Chip Roy told the crowd, I got some text messages from, I won't say who, one of the Republican leaders today, saying how much my tactics are not helpful, how they're ticking off some of my colleagues. I said, well, it's not going to be the first time and it's not going to be the last. I, too, like to announce it into a microphone when people at work are mad at me. I got some text messages from, and I won't say who, our office manager, Ben, saying how all the dishes I leave in the sink aren't helpful and that it's clear I'm actually bringing in dirty dishes from home. I said, well, while you were texting me, my dog peed in the kitchen. And the question is, how long can you live with that sitting there? Because I can go all fucking day.
6: Hey, don't go anywhere. There's more of Love It or Leave It coming
1: up.
0: Love It or Leave It is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. The experts at fast-growing trees curate thousands of plants for all climates, locations, and needs. Available 24-7, you can talk to a plant expert about your soil type, landscape designs, and how best to take care of your plants. The point is, I may not have a green thumb, but that's why fast-growing trees is perfect for me, because it makes it so easy. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code It at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code It at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code It. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions apply. Podsafe America is brought to you by Helix Sleep.
6: How long have you had your mattress? For most people, it's probably time for an upgrade, right? Well, Helix has exactly what you need. Everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Take the Helix sleep quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. Helix has models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side, models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions, plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they've got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It's the perfect combination of comfort and support. Uh, I have a Helix mattress in our guest bedroom. Mm-hmm. Every single person who stays with us says, that bed is so comfortable. Where'd you get it? You know what I say? where do you say? Helix. I love my Helix mattress. I have a Dawn Lux. Dawn Lux. It's very comfortable. So Lux. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners Go to helixsleep.com slash crooked and use code helixpartner20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Again, that's helixsleep.com slash crooked and use code helixpartner20.
4: Hi, I'm Aaron Ryan, a writer and host of the podcast Hysteria.
5: Don't even get us started on our exclusive YouTube series, This Fucking Guy, where we try to figure out how the worst people in America got to be so awful. So if you're looking for a pod that's by the ladies and for everyone, make sure to subscribe to Hysteria wherever you get your
2: podcasts. But
0: Congress wasn't the only place where everyone was uncomfortable and wanting to go home this weekend. According to The Hollywood Reporter, several celebrities got the ask to host this year's Golden Globe Awards and said no, including Chris Rock, Ali Wong, and Smartless hosts Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, and Sean Hayes, before the award show landed on their pick, comedian Joe Coy. Just think, if you guys out there put a little more effort into these Apple podcast reviews, last month, love it or leave it could have been (laughs) turning down the Golden Globes.
2: (laughs) Would you have turned it down? For the record. (laughs)
0: Is that even a? Is that even a question? <laughs> For the record, I also said no. A lot of people don't realize this, but you don't have to wait until they ask you. You can just say it in your car or wherever. <laughs> so Joe Coy got the gig, and the reviews are in.
5: What? That's hilarious. It's
0: Things took a turn almost as soon as the show began. After Coy made a joke comparing Barbie and Oppenheimer in his monologue,
5: Oppenheimer is based on a 721-page. Pulitzer Prize-winning book about the Manhattan Project. And Barbie is on a plastic doll with big boobies.
0: What a disgusting reduction. This didn't make the movie, but the historical J. Robert Oppenheimer also had huge cans. (laughs) (laughs) He then became defensive and blamed his monologue writers.
5: Yo, I got the gig 10 days ago. You want a perfect monologue? Yo, shut up. You're kidding me, right? Slow down. I wrote some of these and they're the ones you're
0: laughing at. Look. I didn't realize you're allowed to do that. (laughs) That's cool. We should start thinking about next year's ceremony, Golden Globes. If you're listening, I only need two days to put together a monologue and you can get these same results for less money. (laughs) We wrote this show this morning and you're welcome. (laughs) Blaming your writers like that is pathetic and unprofessional. You need to call them each out by name, making it really sing or they'll never learn. Isn't that right, Sarah Lazarus? Now repeat the mantra we talked about.
5: I'm worse than (laughs) ChatGPT.
0: Here's another gem.
5: By the way, the color purple is also what happens to your butt when you take Ozempic. (laughs) The room, half the room is cringy, and the other half is like, I got to get home and grab my selfie stick. (laughs) It's going to be home after the globes. Man, he was lying. It's more of a magenta.
0: I don't even understand that one.
2: And it's like too disgusting to like try to like, peel apart and dive
1: into it's also like you could just like see your butt without yeah. having to like put yourself on like all right yeah all right anyway you think you could beat that joke in 10 days <laughs> tell you in ten days. I, I, I could become a whole new person in 10
4: days <laughs> <laughs> we do two dialogues a week i could i could change my entire life <laughs> i just i don't Unbearable. even under,
0: i i get it was like the color purple or blank but but why would your butt be purple?
4: There's no way this guy didn't have a bunch of other options for the color purple. Yeah, it's I, a color. It's a per you, you, I'm sure there's a dozen other jokes. I thought there. he was talking
2: maybe about diarrhea, but then like the joke was not clear enough. Also, my diarrhea isn't purple. Yeah, well that's the, and that's you, what care, I ju- well that's the thing that's what I jumped to. I was like, well then there's something more wrong than just the Ozempic.
1: Yeah, Coy <laughs> loves grapes. <laughs> I think it's vaguely.
0: I think it's vaguely referencing the fact that on Ozempic or Manjaro, there's like gastrointestinal. There's gastrointestinal things, right? right? Is that yeah, what Bailey? Yeah. No, yeah. Then
2: we're still missing several steps. Right, right.
0: But it, but it wouldn't turn your <laughs> like butt you purple. Your butt
2: yeah. He used the wrong. It was the wrong word choice of butt. Well, what would turn purple? The <laughs> poopy. Again, I'm assuming he's what? talking about like You're I don't poopy. think. Yeah, <laughs> well, I don't think that. I wasn't challenging <laughs> your belief. We're trying to figure out this man's backstory. Well, it's like
4: it's like play with the idea of like being too thin. Like there's like use the references of people when you say Ozempic, you then have to be like, oh, it turns your butt purple. It's like, well, it doesn't. And also, what are we talking about? And then he does an act out with a selfie stick. Yeah, way well, looks like at his, like, why his why is butt the stick here? in front of also Barrel in straight, his act he...
1: out, he's not using a selfie stick. He's, yeah, just, he's just holding just the phone. Holding phone. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah, you don't need the selfie stick to see your butt. Oh, that's the point you were making. <laughs> <laughs> And then former Golden Globes host Ricky Gervais won the show's first ever best stand-up comedy award for his Netflix special Armageddon, but didn't bother to attend the ceremony. In the clip the Golden Globes chose to show to highlight Ricky Gervais's special, he says that he received backlash for saying things you can't say, but said them anyway. And then he received a Golden Globe for saying he will keep saying the things you cannot say. Really, it really was a tough night for stand-up, on the whole. I, like, the—I know it's, like, kind of goes without saying— at this point, but I watch like the first five minutes of the Ricky Gervais special. Like I watch, like I am just interested in the like the Netflix anti cancel culture comedy <laughs> vertical that they seem to have going. And and like you watch this about the Suspe- the, Ch- the Chappelle special, and obviously there's like parts about it that are gross, but also parts that are just like excellent. Like he's just an incredible performer, an incredible storyteller. It's now self aggrandizing clearly like when you build a, when you build part of your identity around the fact that your critics are going too far, you don't, you train yourself, I guess, not to listen. So there's a lot of stuff where it's like, oh, I don't think there's a lot of feedback here. (laughs) There's a lot of like patting yourself on the back. Same thing with Ricky Gervais. But I watched the first like few minutes of the Ricky Gervais special and it is insufferable. Like it is literally someone saying like they, there was a lot of backlash to my last special, but here I am saying this anyway. And you're the first time you did it, it was on a multimillion dollar Netflix special. This now you're responding to it in a multi-million dollar Netflix special. In between those two specials, you were working on this very special. And and there's no there's just no awareness. There's no awareness of the fact that like, hey, like it you did receive some criticism. Like I'm sure there was like a vulture article and like <laughs> several angry tweets and posts about some of your stand-up, which is stupid and reductive and anti-trans and, you know, embarrassing and hacky and whatever. But there's no consequences for that negative criticism. So really, you just don't like being criticized. And like, of course, a group of very powerful and wealthy and successful celebrities would choose to recognize that position because nobody likes being criticized.
4: I think it's, like, basically, in order to do stand-up, you have to come from an aggrieved place. Like, you kind of, like, having done stand-up, it's, like, you have to have a chip on your shoulder. The problem is once you get to their level, who is the, like, what is the chip? And I think that they don't know. They don't have anything other than being criticized. Nothing bad does happen to them. They could actually, like, challenge politicians or do something. Like, they could really try to do something with their platform, but if but once you reach a certain level, there's no there's no pushback, so you have to fabricate pushback or like you have to be like oh again like somebody it was like a moveon.org petition about him making fun of terminally ill children and it'd be like Could you believe they said that it's like yeah but you'll just talk about your next special like those the, whoever the twelve people who signed that like this isn't gonna they aren't like a real threat to you
6: but there's no friction in your life to talk yeah
4: about it. so there's no comedy like there isn't
2: anywhere to go with it well it's yeah. kind of like I always say and I won't name the people I say this about but. There are certain writers in television. Either. Name them. No, I'm not <laughs> Name going to. I'm absolutely not going to. But okay. there are certain writers in television where you can tell there comes a point where they have become so successful that they have to stop interacting with like real people and mm-hmm. doing real tasks every day. The stuff that like gets you material to write about. Mm-hmm. And that's when their writing like takes a precipitous drop in quality
1: because they're not having experiences anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's wild. But also like. Uh, to be a great insult comic, like, you need specificity. Like, like call people out, Ricky Gervais. Like, Trump mm. has, like, his name and names. Like, and, and we think that's funny. Like, the they, they all stick. Like, the, the, like, vague, like, abstract, like, I'm aggrieved because people came after me, like, can't be funny because, like, you're not actually saying anything. Like, Catullus named his critics in, like, his insult poems. Well, like, that's it's... what
0: I mean. It's like, it's like, everyone's a critic is the oldest... Kind of stand up, like it's literally thousands of years old. Like, like, ugh, everybody's a critic. Like, yeah, that's yeah, it's annoying. I do think that like there are two parts of it beyond what you're saying, which I all think, which I think is right. Like, one is, I do think that like it's clearly gotten worse to be very famous. Like, I do think it used to be more fun. Like, you could be on drugs and drunk and drive your car. Through a storefront at Beverly Hills Ugh. and then put $200 in the pocket of somebody and it was gone. You You're know? saying
2: 1976. That was the, the peak year. <laughs>
0: uh, but, and so that, that like celebrity came with so many perks, right? Like it just like being famous was so valuable, like restaurants, money, access, people telling you how great you were all the time. And there just weren't as many downsides there. And smartphones, obviously, like there's the part of it where it's just like, there's just more coverage of these people. Like Jerry Seinfeld can't pick up a high school student in a park today because when he, (laughs) right. And we all feel so sad for him. And we do, right. But like he could do that because there were stories about it, but that's it. There's no, what are you gonna do, microfiche? Like it's over. There's no, there was no other place for these things to live forever. It was just in the newspaper or on television then it was gone. That was it. Now it would live on forever. But also it's like these people go into a store or like they go somewhere and basically like, they have to be on their best behavior all the time, right? And so, like, they're all reacting to that. And so when Ricky Gervais gets criticism for making fun of Make-A-Wish or whatever, and he gets bad tweets about it online, like, all these people really relate. Like, there's a reason like, ugh, they
4: pick it Make-A-Wish him.
2: was mad at yeah. me last
0: week. It's like, <laughs>
2: also, by the way, your but, dog is snoring, and it's very cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I would also say, like, the whole best behavior thing. I think it's like, yes, you do have to be on your best behavior, but also it's like... I don't know. I feel like I operate on just like a baseline level of like normal goodness that you can just like. Why right, you're not in the
4: out in the middle of the night causing mayhem and hoping that
2: right. and I takes feel like you picture. you should just be able to operate on that like baseline good. If you're a good person, it shouldn't be about being on your best behavior.
4: I know the reason I was like
0: I'm, I'm like dwelling on it around the Ricky Gervais thing is like I do think even beyond him, Hollywood is a group of people desperately trying to seem in touch, and that can mean like kind of. Basically, two things. One is seeming young and the other is seeming kind of like middle class. And like both of those things you can't, they, both of those things you, one you lose automatically and the other you lose by getting into that room in the first place. So because of that, they're all just sort of obsessed with cancel culture.
4: Well, it's like, it's fundamentally, it's like, it is the only way that they could desperately grasp for relevance. Like you said, if you're not young, you're not middle, middle class, how do you stay relevant? And the answer is, loose for me, it's like, I'm never going to give Ricky Gervais a dime. That's loser behavior. Like, whenever he talks, I'm like, you're a huge loser and you don't seem aware of it. So it's like, I'm not saying that's everybody. I'm sure there's an audience for that. But, like, I just think eventually over time, it's like, people want new stuff. It cannot be just this. Because to me, it's like, how many... How many trans jokes that are the same joke can you put in multiple It's incredible.
0: Like, can you be a giraffe if you want to be a giraffe? Like, how many times are we going to do this?
4: We got to move on.
0: But what's strange to me, I know, well, I'll move on too. We got to move on in this (laughs) thing. But like, what's strange is how much applause these things get. Like, there is a big audience of people that want, like, that want to live vicariously through the experience of feeling like you can't say anything anymore. And like, I just like thinking about it because... I think we have to figure out a way to capture the like sense of like, I don't know, the libertine sense that they seem to be kind of like speaking to, but like with our own ethics, you know, like to what you were saying earlier, it's like they don't believe in anything so they can say whatever they want. Fine. Like we have certain values then that makes it. That limits the meaning of words. Limits the ways we can use these words. Fine. Like we have to find a way to like capture the sense of like rebelliousness and counterculture and like freedom to say whatever you want. Spirit that they seem to be speaking to. That's really valuable to people. While doing it in a way that like honors our politics. And like it's very hard. I think to think through that. But like I think it's what we have to do because yeah
4: yeah. Actually, I had a, I had a conversation with a friend yesterday who. Loves Dave Chappelle and has watched all the specials and then saw the most recent one. And he's like, yeah, I guess why does he keep talking about trans people? I think it's like even people who are fans are like, why is this? Ha- like, what are we doing? And I was like, yeah, that I just don't I just think we are reaching a point where it's like, what's the next thing? What is something else? Well,
2: he gave we you could the next thing, that. unfortunately, and it was him doing weird hand things yeah. to talk about disabled people. So we have yeah. that next. Thing. And we can't
4: go all the way back and around it's... and attack turbulent kids and disabled people. Well, My God, yeah. And I do think <laughs> loser like, behavior. And
0: just to put a period, just to like close this loop, Chappelle at the end of 2023 is being avant-garde and edgy in his special by doing the uh, disabled person hand gesture that Trump did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. back in, what, 2017? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Barbie became the first movie to win in the Golden Globes new category Cinematic and Box Office Achievement, which was created to recognize films for their financial success. A spokesperson for the Golden Globes explained, until we develop the technology to count how much money a movie makes, this <laughs> award will have to <laughs> suffice. And speaking of rooms with the oxygen sucked out of them, an Alaska Airlines flight made an emergency <laughs> no. landing in Portland on Friday after the plane lost a chunk of its fuselage, a door plug filling in an unneeded emergency exit at 16,000 feet. Next time I use this airline, I'll ask for an aisle seat. <laughs>
1: Uh huh. Uh-huh. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <That was good. laughs> Alaska Airlines
0: explained the emergency exit is unneeded because it's easier to just use the plane as one big coffin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Thank God, a distraction, said a flight attendant, getting bitten by a pack of unruly passengers. <laughs> a person on board filmed the footage and posted it to TikTok. The most disturbing part, no TVs in the headrests. Fortunately, no one was seated in the window seat directly next to the gaping maw, but for an extra $300, one lucky passenger on the next flight will get to experience floor to ceiling views in the coveted window plus seat. (laughs) Investigators at the NTSB said Monday that they found the door plug that blew off mid-flight. As predicted, it had fallen to the ground. Two phones that fell out of the plane have also been recovered. At least one, an iPhone, was found fully intact, still on, and showing an email with an Alaska Airlines baggage receipt. The owner of the iPhone told a reporter, I'm shocked it's still working. I thought for sure it wouldn't be after it went through that guy's skull. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. (laughs) And that's our show. Thank you to Brian, Kendra, Sarah, and Hallie. We're back live every week in Los Angeles. So if you're in L.A., we're recording at the Laundry Room on Thursday. And for everyone else... See you sluts Saturday. Bye sluts. If you're already doing scrolling, don't forget to follow us at Crooked Media on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find Love and Leave it on YouTube for access to favorite hands and other exclusive content. And if you're as opinionated as we are, i am review. Finally, you can join our Friends of the Pod subscription community for ad-free episodes, exclusive content, and a great discussion on Discord. Plus, it's a great way to get involved with Vote Save America. So sign up today at crooked.com friends. Love It or Leave It is a Crooked Media production. It is written and produced by me, John Lovett and Lee Eisenberg. Kendra James is our executive producer. Brian Semmel is our producer. And Malcolm Whitfield is our associate producer. Hallie Keeper is our head writer. Sarah Lazarus, Jocelyn Kaufman, Peter Miller, Alan Pierre, Will Miles, and Mah- are our writers. Evan Sutton is our editor. Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis provide audio support. On the Road, Vendelin von Schroeder is our tour manager. Stephen Cologne is our audio engineer, and Milo Kim is our videographer. Our theme song is written and performed by SureSure. Sure. Thanks to our designers, Jesse McLean and Bernardo Serna, for creating and running all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast, and to our digital producers, Zuri Irvin, David Tolls, Mia Kelman, and Matt DeGroot for filming and editing video each week so you can.
1: saw the actor there. <laughs> 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 that was the most
0: intimate thing I've ever seen. <laughs> what did I? I just...